Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here. Excited to spend some more time with you chatting about fantasies. We call this Taking Fantasies Captive. And we love this title because uh, Scripture talks about taking our thoughts captive. And, and so fantasies are thoughts and we need to understand where fantasies come from, what we can do to them, because the reality is if we're talking about acting out sexually and going and, you know, committing sexual immorality or watching pornography, a fantasy always leads to that. And so if we can deal with our fantasies, we won't live a life where we're acting out. And so fantasies also will often point to deeper things, to pain pain points in our life, to things in our past that are traumatic that we need to heal from. And so there's typically four things that fantasies come from, and we will get to that in a little bit. Um, But we just want to share generally about fantasies and and kind of the impact that they have on our life. Yeah, fantasies really are the battleground, aren't they, right? It's our mind, our thoughts. That's typically where things start for us is our thought life, right? We don't act right away in the morning by going to porn. Often it starts with a thought. It starts a pattern, a progression of thoughts. And that's that's pretty normal for us, right? I mean, the, that's where these desires get really lived out in us. Like we have these desires, different things in us that we think about, we fantasize about, and then we need to live it out. We need to do something to meet the need because it's like a you keep pouring water into a, a glass. Eventually, it's going to overflow. You can only take so much, and eventually, you got to act out on it, right? And that's like a, like fantasy. You keep pouring in, pouring in, pouring in, and eventually, it's just going to overflow. And often what we think about is where we're directed to, too. I mean, I always think of my own life, but here's an example. Um, years ago, I did, I got my motorcycle license and 
I, funnily enough, I don't have a bike and I haven't had one since I got my license, but that's another story. Anyways, one of the things they taught us in this class that I took was you will steer the way you're looking. And it's interesting because typically when you're riding a motorcycle, you're going to look at the front wheel and that's where you're going to look. And you do really drive to where you're looking. So you have to look to where you're not. So if you're turning, you actually have to look not at the bike in the front wheel. You have to look further to the side so that you actually turn there. And that's how, I think it's a great visual for how fantasies work because what we look at is where we steer, we steer our life towards. And that's what fantasies do for us. And they, we can either take them captive in our mind or they can take us captive, right? We, we can become fully enslaved to this thought pattern in our life. And we go there, we go to fantasy to feel better in a moment. And it becomes maybe a coping mechanism too, much like we go to porn. We start to cope with life by going to fantasy because that's comfort for us. We know that we can control that. Hey, it's in our mind, right? We can live out whatever scenario we want in our mind we can do. So we do it, right? And it's like this thing that we do to soothe ourselves or comfort ourselves when we're feeling bad or want to avoid thinking about something else. So we go to fantasy and it becomes a way of life for us. You know, we wake up and throughout our day, we go to fantasy. And you've heard the term daydreaming. Well, (laughs) you know, uh, my mind wanders sometimes too, but fantasies is a little bit more to it, right? I mean, it's more intentional on our part, but eventually when we do it enough, our brain gets trained to do it. And that's what we go to. We can't even have a thought anymore with yeah. fantasy. It really takes us captive. So that's why we need to take fantasy captive. It really is kind of the center of why we act out in the way that we do and go to porn or masturbation or other sexual activity is because it's been birthed in fantasy. You know, Paul in scripture says that he's learned how to be content, right? He's learned how to be content with little and with a lot. And we can fantasize about things that are non-sexual. We can fantasize about a big house or a big car or yeah. a trip or, you know, even marriage. If we're single, if we're married, fantasize about something different or about going back to the single life. I mean, we can fantasize about all kinds of things. And the reality is, Paul says, you got to learn to be content. Because if we live in fantasy, we'll never fully be able to enjoy reality. Well, yeah. Fantasy is always perfect. Fantasy is everything that you want. If you want somebody to do something to you sexually, they will do it in your fantasy. There's no questions asked because they just do what you say. But in reality, there's always things that come between what we want and what actually happens. Another person has a will, right? Um, We might get that house that we fantasize about, but there's still going to be cracks in the driveway and, and nail pops in the drywall. And there's always going to be things that go wrong in reality. And so that's okay. That's reality. That's just called life on planet Earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so that's okay to have that. But when we fantasize and we live our life, like you're talking about like daydreaming or day fantasizing <laughs> about these things in life, um, we're, we're never fully content with where we're at in reality because it never quite matches up to the perfection that we've fantasized about in our minds. And so to crush fantasies and deal with them, um, and we can talk about practical ways to do that is really important because then it, it'll allow you to then live that abundant life and live life to the fullest and be able to be content and to enjoy the reality that you have. Our brains don't know the difference between our thoughts and our reality. And so the more we think on something, the more we dwell on a certain situation or person or activity, something that we're fantasizing about, our brain, like to our brain, thoughts are real because thoughts are real. And there's there's uh, chemical effects in our brain when we have a thought. And so our brain doesn't know like, well, this actually isn't real because to our brain it is. 
And so that's why it's just so damaging when we live our life in fantasy. Our brain is like, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this. But in reality, we don't quite get that because there's always things to navigate and work through and obstacles Mm and uh, situations and things like that in life. Now, I think that reality can be amazing. I think that it can be awesome. But when we live our life in fantasy, it just uh, it, it gets in the way of us living that happy life that we could live. Okay. And often the object of our fantasy, too, we think if we get that or we experience that thing, that that's going to somehow achieve a level of happiness or contentedness. But it's not true. Yeah. It really isn't. And often the object of our desire, especially when we get into the fantasy world, it's based out of hurt and pain and trauma and all these other things. And we think this thing that if we get it, all of, all that pain is going to go away or we're going to feel better about ourselves, about our world. It's not true. We even know that in scripture, like there's a great example here of sexual fantasy lived out. Uh, there's a story in the Old Testament uh, between a brother and sister, funnily enough. This guy named Amnon, he was actually the son of David and Tamar. Tamar. They said that right? Tamar, the son of, or the daughter of David as well. And what happened here was Amnon was just so enthralled with Tamar. She was beautiful, but even though it was his sister, half-sister, he desired her. And he talked about it. He was, he was walking around and looked haggard. There was this guy who saw him. He looked terrible, basically. And it's because he's consumed by fantasy for her. He just thinks the object of desire being her, that if he gets her, his life will be complete. So what does he do? Well, he schemes and, and, and he makes a way so that he can get her alone. And sure enough, she fights back and he rapes her. And when, after that's done, after he rapes her, he's there and he actually has incredible distaste for her. He, the love he felt was um, overthrown by just disgust, right? He had more disgust for her than he did love. Yeah. And so he, he achieved the object of desire, quote unquote. He got her in a sexual kind of context. And once he, he lived that out, it didn't match up to what his fantasies were. So he had disgust. Well, there's a great image for us, right? When we get the object of our desire and our fantasies, we think that's what we want, but it really isn't. It really isn't. I mean, we get it. It's not what we want, what we desired, what we thought we desired. And then so we feel worse. We feel worse. And we don't get that, right? We think fantasy, we think it's this world that we can control and we can achieve these different things or get these different things or live out sexual fantasies in some way that that's going to complete us. But often when we're doing it, we don't understand the bigger picture here that, you know, this doesn't match up to reality. And reality, like Matt, you're saying, it can be better. But when we have fantasy, reality just pales in comparison. Yeah. Our relationships pale in comparison. We see this in marriages all the time. Yeah. If you're fantasizing about other people in your marriage or you think having being married to somebody else is going to maybe be better, your relationship with your spouse is going to start to just diminish and diminish. And like you said, we've seen this. People have left their marriage to go after somebody else, and they find that it's just the same. Yeah, they're never content. Yeah. So, like what you said, be content where you're at. You know, be content in all things and all phases of you know life and circumstance. What a great image that is for us to learn to be content, and then that's when you experience reality and the fullness, abundance that God has for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if we go to these other things. Uh, we're just going to be stuck spinning our wheels and chasing after ghosts, essentially, or we're never going to grasp it. Yeah, totally. I remember I was praying through my fantasies one time, and I was just bringing them to the Lord and surrendering them and just, you know, saying I don't want them anymore. And and uh, and, and through prayer, I, I heard the Lord say something to me that was profound. He said, Matt, these things that you fantasize about, you think that they're going to give you abundant life. 
He said, when you surrender them, on the other side of your surrender, I have abundant life for you. In your abundant life, you might experience this thing that you desire and you might not, but that has nothing to do with the abundant life that I have for you. But you'll never achieve that abundant life if you spend your life dwelling in fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that was so profound that the thing that I'm desiring, I'm putting in place of God. I'm saying like, this is the thing that's going to give me this abundant life where the Lord is like, actually, I have that for you. And it's way greater than what you can do for yourself or what this fantasy will do for you. And it's like you say, Brad, in that story with Tamar, Tamar, <laughs> whatever her name is, we think it's Tamar, but um, where, where Amnon desired her so much and then found out in reality, she had a will. Not everything went perfect. And, right. and, yeah. and, and that abundant life that he thought that he would feel and experience actually turned into turmoil and he, and he ended up getting killed because of it. Yeah. And so it really led to destruction in his life. And so, so there's four things that, that typically lead to fantasy. And we want to just outline those and work through them a little bit because it's not only just about surrendering the fantasy and getting over that, but it's also about like, what does the fantasy show us? What does this show us about what's in our life, what's in our past, something that we need to maybe emotionally or spiritually heal from? Um, from these different situations. And so typically there's four things that fantasies come from. There's unfulfilled desires. There's past trauma. It might be a nurturing event from your life in the past or your first sexual experience is often something that people fantasize about. And so with unfulfilled desires being the first one, um, those are things that, you know, they could be healthy or they could be unhealthy. An example of a healthy one could be um, somebody is is single or married, it doesn't matter, and they just have this desire to do something sexual, the sexual act that is not sinful, that is is normal in marriage. But say they're single and they're not married and they're just not able to do that yet. Or say they are married and their spouse isn't comfortable with it. And so, or whatever situation stops, maybe there's a health issue and it stops you from being able to act out on that. Well, that's an unfulfilled desire that's in your life, whether it's healthy or it could be an unhealthy one where it's something that's that's damaging to another person or it's something that, that is sinful. I mean, that's an unhealthy, unfulfilled desire. And so that's often, though, something that leads to a fantasy because you just want it so badly. You haven't experienced it or maybe you have, but you just want to experience it more. And it's this desire that's not fulfilled in your heart. And so it's like I'm saying, like for me, the Lord was like, if you continue on with this unfulfilled desire, thinking that that's going to be the thing that gives you abundant life, you're just going to be disappointed and you're never going to get to experience abundant life. And so you want to surrender that. For me, how I lead people is bring that to the cross, like close your eyes and visualize and even like put your fantasy in a little box and surrender it. Just bring it to the feet of Jesus or to the cross of Jesus and surrender that and lay it down and say, Jesus, I lay this down at your feet. Mm -hmm. And now what do you have for me? Because Jesus always has something in return. And so he wants to replace that fantasy with abundant life is what he was telling me. And so for you, it might be something different, but that's something that can be a practical thing in prayer where you lay that down at the feet of Jesus and say like, Lord, what do you have for me in return? Mm -hmm. And that's just the start of healing process and overcoming this fantasy. You know, when a thought comes to your mind, you have desires, unfulfilled desires, and usually it starts with that thought, right? And here's a practical thing. I mean, when a thought enters your mind, specifically with these desires, whether they're good or bad, we have a choice in that matter of what we do with it. So here's a practical thing. We can camp out at that thought and it becomes a fantasy and a pattern or we move on from it and when we camp out though that's when it really starts to take root in us and then 
we revisit that. It's a camp, right? We go back, we live there for a bit, and then we keep going back over and over again to that thing. So when you face that desire, that could be bad or good or mass sin, you've like got into that. And then he allows you to frame it in a healthy way instead of it becoming an ingrained deep thing inside of you. And then, then it's really difficult. It's like it's taken, it's taken root inside of you in such a way that it's, it's harder to pull it out versus something that you don't allow to really get its roots deep inside of you. You know, you move on from it quick. And, and that's something that it's a skill set to learn. But I think that's important to understand. You know, we have a choice too. You know, we people say, well, I have thoughts all the time. What do I do? You know, like I can't, it's like a flood of it. I just can't manage it. We have a choice. We do. And you do have control in this with God's help. Um, the next one there was past trauma, right? And that's, that's self-explanatory, but it's so interesting how traumatic, painful events for us often, you know, we, we, uh, we attach fantasy to that. It can be something was done to us and we're so sorry that that happened to you. We really are. You know, and with God's help, you can get healing and whatever whatever occurred to you. Um, but often there is fantasy that can be tied to that. We've seen, I've heard of people where they will fantasize about rape because that was something that happened to them. Mm-hmm. And they don't like it, but it's something that hurt the pain deep within them. And they relive it in a way and they fantasize about it in a certain way. And it's so damaging to them because they had this trauma and then now they're reliving it all the time. And whether it's turned sexual or not, but... I mean, trauma, it could be things done to us or things that we've done too. Um, and so addressing some of these painful issues, these painful things, you know, is a key. And that can take, that takes the help of some professional help too. Um, we might need professional help in that. And we need, we need a community around us to deal with trauma. And we encourage you, if you've faced any kind of um, abuse in your life or anything like that, get help. Get the help that's needed. You need help to navigate that. And that's going to... Um, bring breed health into the fantasy aspect as well your thought life too but we encourage you with that so anything else you want to say about trauma there Matt? yeah with these memories these traumatic memories often it leads to really depraved fantasies Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times people are more willing to talk about what they've done than what they think about doing because what we think about doing is often even worse than the things that we do and so there's often a lot of shame and hesitancy to share our fantasies And so when we don't share it, it it keeps a hold on us. And so I'm not saying go on national TV and share your fantasy, but find a counselor like Brad and saying, like, if you need to find a counselor, find a pastor, uh, even just somebody who's trusted. Like there was a guy in the challenge that we did a couple months ago and he, he had this fantasy that he was like, this is just so strange. Like, I don't know what to do with this. And so he shared with two friends and he just prefaced by saying like, I just want to tell you, this is really weird. And so then he shared his fantasies and his friends just said like, that is weird. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I still love you. Like I understand where the deception comes from. And so you want to find somebody that you can trust because it's so, so important for you to get this, this stuff out. And when you carry the fantasy, you're also carrying shame, which means you're also carrying weight. And the Lord wants you to live light, not heavy. And so we got to be able to share these things. And so the third thing that typically leads to fantasies would be a nurturing event. So it could be a past nurturing event in your life. One guy shared with me that um, his parents were kind of distant growing up. And he longed for intimate relationships, for, for the ability to talk with his parents, to talk about his feelings and, and, and deeper issues. And he just wasn't ever able to. And so going through school, he had this teacher who was really caring and really nurturing towards him. And so 
over the course of that year, he really felt bonded to his teacher. And so as he grew up through his teen years and into his adult years, he started always fantasizing and seeking out pornography about women who were in authority. Mm. And so it was never about a man who was in authority, you know, or about a younger woman. It was always about a woman who was in authority, who was kind of bossing around or nurturing a younger man, because it was something that he lacked in his life growing up. And then he found this nurturing person who was in authority. And so that would lead you into this revelation of going like, okay, I need to change the way that I'm viewing my parents or my mom who wasn't there for me. How can I, how can I view her in a healthy way and not just with this overwhelming disappointment that she wasn't there for me emotionally, but then also how can I get filled up emotionally so that that doesn't um, overtake the way that I think and the way that I feel. And so our fantasies can point to things in our life that need to be healed so that we can move forward in this abundant life. And another example would be, say, for example, uh, a, a man is single and he grows up and he's, say, 40 years old. And he's always been rejected by girls. I mean, that's a pain point and he wants to be married. But now he's got this niece who just really takes to her uncle. He feels like for the first time, like somebody really values me, like I'm her favorite person. And it's the first time ever. Well, that might lead somebody to, to, to view younger girls or even to go into child porn and have these depraved fantasies mm -hmm. because they're like, this, this is the first time that I felt you could say nurtured or cared for or this emotional connection with somebody. And, and it leads into these sexual fantasies. And so, again, it's just something that you got to be aware of and go like, what is leading me to fantasize about these things? And do I need to seek healing and emotional, spiritual fullness in order to not have these fantasies run my life anymore. Remember when we were talking about that, it really sounds like, I mean, there's a lot of emotion that drives our fantasy because we have emotion when we've gone through things or nurturing trauma, unfulfilled desires, there's a lot of emotion. And the thing that, the mistake that we make is we think that emotion is a moral thing that, oh, if I feel this, then it must mean it's good. You know, if I feel something, that means that must be truth for me. You know what though? Feelings though, much like fantasy, is just data for us data we have to process it and that's part of it we have to use our, our mental faculties asking god into that just because we feel these things we're, we're desiring them or we're thinking about them or fantasizing that doesn't mean that's a good thing or truth for us we have to say why do i think this way why do i have this fantasy let's think about this let's unpack this and understand so that we can get to the source of this like matt you were talking about um, the other one there is first sexual experiences and usually that thing gets ingrained deeply in us. It burns in us, right? Because it was the first thing that we ever experienced sexually. And for some that was really young or later in life, whatever. But we tie that to fantasy and we, we re either relive that moment and reframe it. It's funny how even though that event may not have been that great, we reinvent our past, right? Yeah. Because when fantasy does that, it just unpacks this kind of world where we can control that first event and it didn't happen that way, but we control the event because it's our fantasy, right? So we reframe it. We think it's so great, even though it may not have been, it may have been terrible, but we reframe this and then we try to reenact that for the rest of our lives or recapture that feeling that we had in that first moment. And again, we never, we never can, we never can grasp that, that carrot in front of us, right? And so we have to unpack that fantasy more and more, but first sexual experiences, that's a key one um, where a lot of fantasy is lived out. Yeah, and so for example, like if a first sexual experience is, um, say it's it's not intercourse, it's not oral sex, say you were just fondling with a girlfriend mm -hmm. when you were a teenager, 
when you get married, that might be the thing that you want more than anything is to just get fondled, right? right? And maybe intercourse is too much work and maybe oral sex is too intimate and you're like just fond alert, right? And that's where you go. Um, There was another story I heard one time. This wasn't someone that I knew, but it was a pastor sharing this. And he said that this couple came to me and they said, man, when we were uh, dating, we had like fiery sex. Like we were always (laughs) having sex and like it was exciting. And he's like, then we got married and everything changed. And that happens often. And so that's the story for another time. But when there's premarital sex, often it will change and and get so much worse after marriage. Um, there's There's other reasons for that. But this couple was saying like, this is our situation. How come? And so the pastor said to the man, tell me what it is that you really desire in terms of a sexual experience with your wife. And he said, well, I would love to role play. He's like, I would love to like meet her in public, pick her up, like go out for a dinner, romance her a little bit, take her to a hotel and and just make love with my wife there. And he was like, well, when's the last time you did that? He's like, well, we, we did it when we were dating and early married, but we haven't done it because now we're in routine. Interesting. And, right. and the pastor said, and did you have sexual experiences before you met her? He's like, yeah, I've slept with lots of different people. I wasn't a Christian. And, and he said, then what were those experiences? He said, well, I would meet people. I'd take them out to a dinner. We'd go to a hotel. And he, re- he, and he mm-hmm. recounted this whole thing. And so that became the, the standard for him the memory that he had that he always wanted to relive in his marriage and so you've got to be able to let that go surrender that and realize that like there's so much more in marriage when you can connect emotionally and spiritually Mm -hmm. with your spouse and take care of each other's needs and so to surrender these things there's a few things that we recommend and and that we lead people in doing and number one is like we talked about it's just like take these fantasies bring them to the cross bring them to the feet of jesus in prayer say like here i lay this down at your feet like what do you have for me jesus and this might be something that you do every day i mean it might be something you do every week but just over and over and over again um, until you're really healed we want to do that um, another thing that is really powerful is I like to say that Jesus wrecks fantasies. <laughs> he loves wrecking fantasies. And so we, you can ask, like, Jesus, where are you in this fantasy? Yeah. And I heard it put really great at a soul care conference that I went to a few years ago. And the, the leader of the soul care conference, he said, if Jesus is everywhere, if he's omnipresent, but he's not in your memory or your thoughts, then your memory or your thought is an incomplete memory or thought. Mm. Because if Jesus is everywhere, then he's also in your memories and your thoughts. And so if we have these fantasies where Jesus isn't there in the room, it's an incomplete thought. And so what he does is he leads people, and now we do it too, is we lead people to welcome Jesus into that. And so go like, Jesus, where are you in this fantasy? And there was this great story of this guy who he kept fantasizing about this certain woman in this certain room. And he was just doing, you know, they were having sex, whatever they were doing sexually. And and so he, he said to Jesus, like, I keep fantasizing about this woman in this room. Now, where are you in this room? And he said, Jesus, just like in his mind's eye, like burst open the door, ran into the room and was like, guys, I'm here. And he's like, I couldn't fantasize about that anymore. Like I knew Jesus was there. Right. And so there's lots of stories that we could tell actually in that kind of scenario. And there's people um, who have had dreams. Even I've had dreams where Jesus comes in my dream and wrecks a fantasy for me. And so that's a really powerful thing that people hear that and they go like, oh, that's really cool. And so you can pray that. I think Jesus will, will show you things and he'll um, bring things into your dreams, your thoughts. But really, honestly, even if you don't think that he's doing that, even if you don't, you're like, whoa, I don't really see anything, 
just picture yourself. Like, where is Jesus in this room? Like, he's probably there, right? Like, what's he doing in the midst of your fantasy? And so that's a really powerful thing that has set a lot of people free from from specific fantasies. And then taking this principle from Amnon and Tamar, I like to lead people into putting themselves in the reality of their fantasy. What I mean by that is reality is never as good as the fantasy. Fantasy is always perfect. Reality always has, you know, the other person's will and stuff we talked about. And, uh, and it takes energy on your part and stuff like that. And so if, if, if Amnon had thought about like, what would it actually be like if I slept with my sister? Like, what would she do to me? Like, would she receive it? And not in the fantasy, like, well, I want, I wish that she would do this, but no, like, what would she actually do? Um, see, we see that she was a woman of honor. Like she's, in the midst of being attacked by her brother and she says like no I'll, like at least talk to the king like he won't stop you from marrying me like she's saying like if we're gonna do this at least let's be married first like yeah. she's yeah. a woman of honor right and so mm-hmm. he would have known that and so if he would have said like okay i'm fantasizing about this girl she's a woman of honor how would she want to do this like that would wreck his fantasy of like just being spontaneous and doing it outside of marriage it would have wrecked it and so if you can put yourself visually in that place of, of your fantasy and be like, hey, I'm fantasizing about this girl or this guy, what would it actually be like? Like when I fantasize about them doing this to me or me doing this to them, would they actually enjoy it? Like would it be 40 minutes of me spending effort doing that I don't doing things I don't like doing? What would I feel like afterwards? Like would I feel satisfied or would I feel shame? Would I feel good for five minutes and then it would just turn into guilt? Like how would I feel afterwards? And so you put yourself in the reality of what it would actually be like because I think that if Amnon spent time doing this, he would see like, oh, Tam- I would I would grab Tamar and she would yell at me about the shame and the terrible things that are done in, in Israel and the bad things that will happen to me. And then two years later, my brother's going to kill me, <laughs> right? Like if you put himself in that reality, you don't have to know all the facts, but just do that. It's going to really, I think, crush the fantasy and make it like, oh, that's not something that, that, that I want at all. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, you know, fantasy really dehumanizes people, right? They have no will. They have no desires. They are just something that live out in our mind. They're like a robot, right? That do uh, just bend to our will. That doesn't exist in real life. That's not our relationships. So if that's what we factor in with our with our fantasy, and we think that's going to work its way out in real life, we get disillusioned, right? We get upset. We think that this person, you know, how dare they? They just don't live out what I want them to do. And then you get discontent with life, with people, with relationships. We have to humanize people. That's what God does. You know, when you invite Jesus into those moments and you ask those questions, what is this really going to look like? What's this going to look like in my future, in the moment? Then you start to frame it in a better way, right? Because you just get flooded with this emotion and desire that just takes over. and You can't even think straight. So in the moment, you do it and it doesn't live out the way that you want. Say you're able to enact this fantasy like Amnon did. Then all of a sudden, it doesn't live up to what he wanted. And he realizes that maybe he didn't have that thought, but we know for sure he was disgusted. So it didn't match up to what he was hoping for. Yeah. And that's what happens for us too. So we need to humanize people. We need to see them the way that God does. And that's going to frame our fantasies too and help them move to a, to a better place. And what I mean by that is, is fantasy good? Well, I'll say this. Imagination is good. God's given us an imagination. Imagination is something that gets pretty much taken over if we have fantasy in our life in the sense that we can't think about a dream about a vision for something good 
usually it's just to get our desires or get our fulfillment that we think is fulfillment. And it just becomes something destructive for us. But God's given us an imagination and he wants to reclaim your imagination. That's why you invite God into that. And having imagination is a good thing. But fantasy, that's something completely different. That's something that we're living out this past hurt and pain or trauma or whatever else we have. And we're trying to get a need met that we think this thing will meet our need for. But it doesn't. It's a lie. It's a big illusion. It's like pulling back the curtain and realizing, oh, there's nothing there. Right? Yeah. You just build this thing up in your mind. And we don't want that for you. And we don't want that for anybody. You know, we want God to reclaim your imagination. You can invite him into that. And part of that is just drawing closer to him. You know, he, he, if reality's dim for you, man, he can bring such brightness and beauty, beauty mm-hmm. to what he's created for you and his life and the purpose he has for you that'll far surpass anything that would happen in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we miss that point. Fantasy is a lie for you. It really is. It will never live up to your expectations. God can exceed your expectations. He can give you something far greater. And that's why the more that you draw close to him, invite him into all aspects of your life, like Matt was talking about, that's so amazing. How often do we miss that, right? God's in our thoughts, our past, our history, our future, our present. He's in every component of us. And we need to view it that way. Invite him into all those moments and, and frame that for your mind as you're thinking through this stuff. Invite him into it. That's when you really start to see freedom start to occur in your life. Yeah, that is so good. And I think when we invite Jesus in, if the more we can just spend time dwelling on his goodness and like what he did for us and like thanking him and have an attitude of gratitude, I think there's so much power. Even scripturally, it points to that. Like the more thankful you are, the more rooted you are in Christ. And so when Jesus comes and wrecks our fantasies or just helps us to just deal with the the hurts and the things that are below the fantasy the more we can just cover that with like with thank you like thank you lord you just become more more grateful and more content in your soul and so you don't have to go to fantasy as much because you're so content with him and the reality is the more the closer you grow to the lord like you're saying brad and the, the less you need to fantasize and i know for me over the last few years it has really decreased my fantasizing and and just the thoughts that are in my mind. And, and I mean, hey, these are principles to apply forever because mm-hmm. we deal with one, one fantasy, Satan's going to come with another one. Yeah. And so it's going to definitely decrease the frequency, the power, everything will decrease in your life the more you go. But there's always going to be things that come. There's going to be people that we see that we're attracted to. And so these are principles that, that we want you to apply to your life um, forever to, to be able to deal with these things. Um, but... But the closer you grow to God, it really is true that the things of this world grow strangely dim mm. the more you look in his face, right? And I, I was looking at a magazine cover of this girl that, that I used to just think was like the most beautiful girl in the world. And I would think about her quite often. And and I, I saw her on a magazine cover just recently and I just glanced and I looked away and I thought that did nothing for me. <laughs> and then I was just curious. And so I wouldn't normally do this, but I looked back. And normally we're like, don't take a second look. But I looked back just to be like, did that really do nothing for me? Mm-hmm. And so I looked at her and you could see her body like she was in workout clothes. And I just studied this magazine cover for a little bit. And I hadn't, I've never done this before. But I looked and I was like, this is actually doing nothing for me. 
And I saw her as like, this is a person who's lost, who doesn't know the Lord. And I had this moment in the store of like having God's heart for this person rather than just thinking like, oh, what, what would it be like to be with her, right? And that would have been maybe what I did in the past. And so you really can get healed from these things. You can get free from the power of fantasy. You can conquer that by the grace of God. And it really, really is real. And so keep on going and have that hope that like this doesn't have to be something that robs me of my purpose and keeps joy out of my life forever. And so say you hear all these things and you go, well, I could deal with these fantasies, but I, I actually really enjoy the fantasy. And so, yeah, maybe if I put myself in the reality of the fantasy, I might not enjoy it. But I'm just not going to do that because I, I do want to enjoy the fantasy. I just want to encourage you, even with that situation, just think like, if I continue in this fantasy, how am I going to feel in an hour? How am I going to feel tomorrow or in two, two hours from now? Like, what's it going to do in my life? It's going to rob you of that abundant life, like the Lord was telling me. It's going to rob you of contentment, and it's just going to keep you from having that peace that Jesus has for you. And so we encourage you to, to make these principles um, part of your life and how you deal with these fantasies. Have this hope that you can get free. And God is so good, and He's for you, and He's going to help you every step of the way. And so thanks for all you guys who are listening faithfully every week and for you guys who are just subscribing. I know every week there's new subscribers. And so we encourage you guys to go back to the old episodes on purevictorypodcast.com. You can see all of them there in their show notes. When you click on the episode link, you can follow along with the summary um, and all the resources that are mentioned in each episode. You can see the links on the show notes. And, and thanks to you guys who are leaving reviews and, and ratings on the app, whatever app you listen on. And you guys are sharing with your friends. And we just encourage you to continue to get the word out. This is a way that you can be part of moving this mission forward to restore the church back to sexual health, help believers, men, women, Christian or non-Christian, have victory over sexual immorality and live free and just simply by sharing it on social media, sending the link to your friends, your pastor. Um, it's a very simple thing that you guys can do. And so thank you for you guys who are sharing and doing your part in this mission. So we'll chat next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.